Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. We are gathered around this table because there are things every single week that we hear from you, and you say, wow, I'm really struggling with this. Well, the this that we've heard recently is a great deal of us that have uh, have problems with fear. And you would think as we get older and we grow up and we learn that maybe we would get bolder and braver, but that's not the case. Some of us even shrink back into our shell that we were in when we were in our teen years. I know I've seen that happen with with myself, with my niece, and and so I've asked someone to join us today who just wrote a Bible study that I think is spot on for this particular topic. Lynn Cowell is a speaker and writer with Proverbs 31, and she's written numerous books, but the one that I want to focus on today is the Bible study called Make Your Move, Finding Unshakable Confidence despite your fears and failure. Lynn, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Well, Lynn is a mom, and she has grown children, and she is always on the go. But this woman has a heart for young girls and women trying to let them see how God sees them. And Lynn, you were giving me some statistics about how we view ourselves. I would love for you to share that because it kind of blew my mind a little bit, to, to be quite honest. So I would love for you to share some of the statistics about how we have a self-image problem. Leanne, as I um, began writing this study, I really wanted to know before I dug in is is how we do view ourselves. And this thing with self-image and lack of confidence seems to take root when we're really young. In fact, one of the statistics that I read said that a girl's confidence peaks at age nine. And that really crushed me because as you and I both know, we got a whole lot of life to live past the age of nine. And if we're going to do the things that God has called us to do, we're going to need His confidence to do it. Um, And so some of the things that I read was that by the time a girl can reach the age of 17, 78% of them will be unhappy with their bodies. And that in the workplace, it's not much different that a woman's confidence actually declines the more experience that she has. That um, new female employees, I think of that you know, fresh girl out of college. I have um, a daughter who just graduated and and she's in graduate school at Chapel Hill and and just her excitement and enthusiasm for life. 27% of new female employees, they're confident that they can reach top management. But as they get more and more involved in life, that drops to 13%. Um, That women, you know, also they don't have the confidence to go for promotion. Hewlett Packard did a Um, a survey that said that for a man, 60%, that they only have to feel like they're 60% qualified in order to apply for a job, but not females. They have to believe that they have 100% of the job qualifications. 
And so while these statistics apply to things such as self-image and to the workplace, I can see it, and maybe you can too, that it happens in the church as well. Absolutely. I know that it seems like an easy solution to just say, hey, let's move on past it. But Mm -hmm. there's more to it than that, right? There absolutely is. And I think one of the first things that we need to do is that is we need to look at our lives and see where is it that maybe we have sensed in the past that um, God was stirring something in us. But, you know, the fear that we felt when we thought about starting that Bible study or getting involved with serving a, a people group that maybe we don't know that much about. Initially, we felt that stirring inside of our heart, but then when we actually started thinking about what it would take to actually do that, then we began to pull back a little bit. And so I think we can start by asking ourselves, you know, what part do I play in this holding back? And and what am I doing that is causing me to hold back? I know for me in my life, um, one example is, is that I have watched other people in the same field that I am in doing exciting and innovative work, but I, I watched them. And a big piece of that puzzle was my fear of people and my fear of failure. You know, I didn't want to step out and try to do the same thing and then and then feel like, you know, I didn't succeed or maybe I even looked dumb or my biggest fear of all is disappointing people. And so I think that first we have to ask ourselves, what is it? What is that specific fear in each of our lives? Maybe you don't fear what people think. Yours might be something different, but identifying what's holding us back is one step toward making our move. I want to know, as you were writing this and as you were studying and asking God, because I'm just, I'm over the moon excited for you because this is, this is you. This is what God created you to do, to help women dig into the Bible and find a new love for it and find who God wants them to be. You've got some stories that you kind of point to. So I'm curious, when you were in the Bible, what women are you talking about? In our culture, one of the main things that women attach their value and their confidence to is a man. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been trained to be that way. You know, I, I it blows my mind some days when I um, come up against, you know, um, young moms and, and, you know, they've discovered that their little daughter has a boyfriend and they think it's so cute. And I think, wow, from, from the time that we're big enough to watch Disney, we have been trained and we have been molded to wrap ourselves worth around a guy. Um, and so one of the first group of women that I came across that really inspired me to, to want to dig into learning more about God, what God's Word had to say about confidence was a group of women that the Bible calls the daughters of Zephlopahad. Is that a mouthful or what? <laughs> <laughs> well, their, their story is found in Numbers 27. And what's happening is Moses and God are dividing up the promised land because it's finally time to move in. And who is he dividing the land among? The guys. The guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the all censuses in the Old Testament always list all list all of the guys. Well, the daughters of Zephlopah had had a problem. 
because they had no men. Their dad, Zephlophahad, had died in the desert. And not only had their dad died, but they had no brothers, they have no husbands, and they have no sons. So in this time period in, in history, no man means no land. But these women knew something, and that was they knew the history of God. They knew that he had been faithful to bring them out of Egypt. And when he brought them out of Egypt, he said that his best, the promised land, was for everyone. And so these gals together, they went before the people who could do something about their problem. I love that as you read their story there in Numbers um, 27, they didn't go to their girlfriends and complain about what they didn't have. They went straight to the leadership and they locked arms together and they and they went to the one who could solve their problem and that was Moses and God. And they said, give us land among our father's relatives. And as I see their boldness and their guts and their courage, something rises up inside me and says, I want that too. Honestly, you've got to read the whole story. It is just so great. But what we see in them is a perseverance to push back what they obviously had to fear. I mean, I don't know about you, Luann, but would you want to go before Moses? <laughs> no, it takes a lot of guts, you know, to stand Absolutely. up for what you know is right. And that's what they did. And and you know what? It, it's a story of perseverance. They didn't get the land right away. Moses actually dies on them. And next thing you know, it's, it's time to move into the land and there's a new leader. And the daughters of Z have to go back to leadership again and remind them of God's promises. And that's what we have to do to ourselves. We have to remind ourselves, no matter how much that fear is gripping inside of our heart, and no matter how much whispering we hear in the back of our head and in our mind about what our past failures have been, we have to remember the promises that God has for us, and that is His best. And we have to persevere and move past that fear and past our past failures to get His best for us. You know, we're talking today to Lynn Cowell who has just written a Bible study called Make Your Move, Finding Unshakable Confidence Despite Your Fears and Failure. And I love this story that you pulled out of numbers because that is a very cool description of some women who in those days really didn't have as much uh, say-so in their life as we do. You know, a lot of times we don't realize how downtrodden the women were in that day and age. So for them to stand up for themselves really took an enormous amount of courage. And you look back at that and you say, wow, if they can do that, and if they come out and God sees them standing up for what is right, then I think I could do it too. And I believe that's what your study is showing us, that Absolutely, girls, you can stand up for what's right. And we can do what we have to do even when we don't have the confidence to do it. Mm. Because sometimes I think that we get a little confused, Luann, and that we think that confidence is the same as arrogance. But they're actually not even close to the same thing. Confidence means that you have the full trust and reliance in a person or a thing. And our confidence, our full trust and our reliance is in Christ. 
it's not in ourselves. It's not in, in how talented we think we are because culture tells us that we are to build our confidence on someone. Like I said, often it's a man or in our children or something such as our education or the success we have in our career. It tells us to build our confidence in some place, such as our home or, or our position in our workplace. But those are all something we can lose. We can have someone, someplace, or something taken from us or stolen from us. The only thing in this life that we can count on to build our confidence is Christ. He's the only thing that we can never lose or have taken from us. Mm. A lot of times... The culture that we live in screams just the opposite. It is constantly drilling into our our daughters and and our girlfriends and our sisters' minds and us that we need something, someone, some human leader. And if you look in the news every day, even in the political world, everyone's clinging to someone thinking that that's what's going to rescue them. So how do you get free? How do you get free and take the direction that God has in mind for us? Have you ever heard of Shira? I have, but yes, tell about her. <laughs> She's pretty cool. So her story is found in Chronicles 7, and really her, her little bit is only a verse long. But verses 20 through 24 tell us that she came from a herding family, a shepherding family. And before she was born, her dad Ephraim had two sons who were murdered by other herders. Now, when Shira came along, she would have been impacted by her family's past. And I don't know about you, Luann, but in my life, my, my life has been impacted by my family's past. We all have past. For some of us, it's it's been addiction, it's been mental illness, it's been infidelity, and we can't control those pasts, but they come and they want to impact us. And that's what was happening to Shira. Her family had, had suffered from this tragedy and from this trauma. And so when Shira came around, and it tells us that she was a woman who was born into a nomadic family, but she goes on to become a builder. She went from agriculture to architecture. She she built three cities. And and while it doesn't tell us exactly how that came about, my curious mind wanted to know. And so I began to study, well, what did we know about her? What we knew about her was that fear would have been a major part in her family. Once something like that happens in a family, a, a traumatic situation, it changes the trajectory trajectory of a family Mm -hmm. and so she instead of being stuck in this position with a family who was um you know their whole dynamic would have been around tent living she learned a new skill and that new skill was to build a city to build walls that would bring protection into her family and i believe that we can learn from her that sometimes when we need to make our move and and do something different, it might not be necessarily because we have these strengths. You know, strength finders is a really big thing right now, and and I try to lean into my strengths, but sometimes life demands that we have to do things that we don't have the the strengths for. But she didn't allow her environment to cause her to get stuck because stuck and stopped are not the same thing. Whatever obstacles that she would have encountered her lack of understanding, her lack of training, her lack of, of 
being a woman again in this culture. She did something that she never did before, and she wasn't held back. So often, the very thing that we see in our family's past makes us so um, intentional about making different choices and doing things uh, totally opposite so that there will be a different income. So uh, I, I definitely hear you saying we, we don't want to feel stuck, but hasn't everyone, hasn't everyone felt stuck at some point? Absolutely. And, and that's something that I've experienced rather recently. You know, sometimes in whether it's in our calling or in our workplace or, or changes we're trying to make in our life, whether it's, you know, to take better care of our bodies or to start working out, we, we start moving and then something happens that kind of brings it to a halt. So for me, it had been three years since I had written a book and I was sending out proposals, but those proposals were being rejected. And so I started to think, well, you know, maybe God was taking me in a different direction. And then last year, I received the, the request to write two books at the same time. <laughs> and my initial reaction was, well, what'd you do that for, God? You know, <laughs> sometimes we're like, you know, I've been sitting around for three years, and now you try to bring me two at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so I walked into my office, and I sat down at my desk, and I started typing out an email to one of the authors to just say, you know what? Um, I can't do this at the same time. But before I started typing out that email, I kind of sensed from the Holy Spirit, you didn't ask me about that. Oh. And I was like, you're absolutely right. I didn't pray about it at all. And so I got up from my desk and I went and sat down in, in my chair where I often talk to Jesus. And, and I picked up my Bible and I read a verse, I honestly, I don't even remember how I got there, but I read this verse in Romans 15, 5, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. And those two words, you know, like sometimes when you're driving down the interstate and you see a billboard that just kind of pops out. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what happened. That word endurance, it was like it was a neon sign. And I had never heard God called the God of endurance. But yet that's what he was saying to me in that moment, that I am your God of endurance. And if I give you this assignment, which I am, I will also give you what you need to complete that assignment, even though you're fearful, and even though you've got this whole list of failures over the last three years, this is from me, and I will give you what you need to complete it. And so I think for often for us, it's when we sense God calling us to do something, it's to remind ourselves, whether it's fear that's holding us stuck, or for me, I, I was afraid of not having the energy to complete what he had given me. But yet he tells us that if I give it to you, I will give you what you need to get it done. Mm. And that is so true. And yet we often try to do things in our own strength and our own power. And I don't know about you, Lynn, but when I do that, I get so totally tapped out. And I want to just sit down and say, I'm done. And when I do that, then I know that I've been trying to do it in my own power and my own strength. So 
What you're basically saying is when God gives you direction, he is going to give you every stinking thing you need to complete it. Absolutely. You know, at that point, once he gives us the assignment and he points us in the right direction, he, from the moment that we said yes to him and we surrendered our life to him, he gave us the power of the Holy Spirit. And he doesn't give us these things in our life and to, um, to move forward with the whatever amount of knowledge or wisdom or strength that we have. He has given us everything by giving us his very self residing inside us. And that is the power of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, you talked about, you know, feeling the need to tap out because we're stressed out. We need to tap into that power mm-hmm. that is inside us before we start our day, in the middle of our day, and as we let put our head on the pillow at night. I love um, thinking about our life in, in the word freedom, because there there is freedom knowing that God is in us and is working through us, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we're no longer going to be afraid. So when the girls hear this, I want them to know that you're still going to have those moments. You're still going to have that, oh my goodness, what am I doing? And what did I sign up for? And can I really get it done? Those things are still going to happen. But Lynn, how can they combat that and overcome it so that they can remain on track with what God has called them to do? We all have things that we're afraid of. And for me, um, one of the things I'm afraid of is speaking in front of people. And so a few years ago, I dug through God's Word and I found a list of scriptures that I read before I get up to speak. It's in the front of my Bible. And these scriptures, I read through them because God's Word is our sword. God's Word is that power that gives us that we need to do the thing and to do it scared. And so I keep this um, in the front of my book. And and so when I was writing Brave Beauty, I knew that there were other people that have to do things scared too. And so I wrote a Do It Scared pep talk. And it's one of my freebies that um, that I'm giving away right now when you pre-order Make Your Move. And in this Do It Scared pep talk, I go through scriptures. Um, like here's the first line from it. When I am scared to do something I need to do, I will remember that I am not alone. I can be confident because God is my helper. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Hebrews 13, 6. You know, God's word tells us in 1 John that perfect love drives out all fear. So when I feel fear, I pour that perfect love into my heart and that is what drives out the fear and gives me the courage I need to do go forward. Well, Lynn, I want to make sure that everyone knows how to get this new Bible study. So please let them know how they can do that. Okay. If you'll go to lynncowell.com, um, there's a tab that says books and you can find it there. It's also available, you know, whatever your favorite retailer is, whether it's your local Christian bookstore or Amazon, um, you you can find Make Your Move there too. All right, that's Lynn Cowell, Make Your Move. If your group of ladies is looking for a Bible study, this is the one. And may the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. I'll see you back here next week. 
Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online, when you get a chance to sit down and breathe, at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time. Encouragement Cafe would like to send you our coloring book devotional for a gift of any amount. Find out how to get your copy at encouragementcafe.com.